Falcon fans, welcome back. It's Zach Miller and Peter Hale. This is the Midtown Madness podcast. Before we get going, thank you so much for listening. If you're uh, if you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to hit that like and subscribe button. It's season four, and once again, the Midtown Madness is podcast is brought to you by Two Men and a Garden. Um, Pete, man, uh, you know I, I I'm seeing cramps all over college basketball early on this season, and if and if only, if only they knew how good two men in the garden pickles were for cramps. Uh, I got to tell you, it'd be like Gatorade, the, the invention of Gatorade all over again. Um, we love two men in the garden. I love the salsa. Peter loves the salsa and the pickles. Um, they're local. They're awesome. Uh, and, it you know, they, ta- they, they have all the flavors. Uh, to suit your individual salsa preference. You can pick up their many products at any local grocery store or online at twomenandagarden.com. Follow them on social media at Two Men Salsa on Instagram and Twitter. Pete, 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 Pete. If not for 10 minutes on Saturday night, this weekend would have been real, real special. I agree with that. And I think we we still pulled out the win, right? Like we yes. still got the win. I don't, want to let it, I don't want to let it sour that completely. But I think on the whole, it was a more positive than negative week for SLU athletics. I would, I would definitely agree with you there. Uh, I guess we, I guess we start with men's basketball. Like that's the kind of, that's the kind of position we're being put in. Yeah. on a weekly basis by uh, the other sports at SLU. And, and I mean, it's time for men's basketball to to take their their share of the workload, I think. But so let's let's go with them. Let's go with them first um, in in another twist. I, I think at this point they're just releasing player by player just to build some excitement for these guys. Yeah. Uh, and, and give them kind of like. Like Bruce Young, if he would have come in uh, to the game on Saturday and been terrible, he still would have gotten a standing ovation as he left the court, right? Because people were ready for him. Uh, so I think this is this is my new conspiracy theory uh, that they are just this is a big marketing ploy. This is a a Jackie Moon level marketing ploy. Uh, you know, they forget the videos, forget the Twitter videos. We're going straight for just. Uh, kayfabing eligibility for to get them to each roll out slowly and uh, they're playing chess over there at the slu athletic department that's got to be it right every everybody's got a debut game yes that's that's the that's the promotion this year uh unbelievable uh but bruce Jong ruled eligible on thursday the ninth um i, I mean <laughs> um great I'm yeah. I I'm happy he's playing. I we needed him badly. Yeah, we sure did, and he he didn't play all that much on Saturday, but much to my dismay, we'll get into that. But it was still it was great to see him out there. He did some things that showed that he could play right yes. away. Um, that he deserves a spot in the rotation, and that he I mean undoubtedly he brings some much needed size to this lineup. I, I mean, I would say that I. I I think of the, I mean, is he, man, I think he's as college ready 
as you know, big men get at uh, at the non power five level. I think so. I've always said, you know, bigs bigs take time, and like if if you could if you have a a roster spot where you could be patient with them, and if they're willing to be patient, it's going to take most most bigs who are not those uh the, those top prospects, right? A little bit of time to get up to speed physically to get to to where they need to be um it, it's just a much bigger learning curve than with guards and yeah he he showed some flashes of things that uh it's kind of like okay yeah this guy he can he can play right away yeah i i like him and, and i love that uh slew fans have taken to him uh very lovingly i thought for sure you could say like it it, it feels like it feels like called- cody ellis well, it's that, and it's also one of those things where everyone seems aware of it. You know, yeah. like the crowd's a little bit smaller, which means we have a lot less of the sort of normie fans in there. And so uh, there's a higher percentage of people in there who are aware of this drawn-out process of, of him being declared eligible. So it's like it's like an even bigger relief when you do finally see him uh, in uniform and on the floor. Um, we talked, we've talked a lot about eligibility, uh, and what has all gone into, uh, this saga. And I think the most bizarre, actually, it's not the most bizarre cause it's, we've gotten really bizarre. Uh, but I think one of the more bizarre, the underrated things is that we don't have anything about Magasa situation. Like no. do it like, I don't. I mean, we knew that Bruce was uh, pro, right? We mm-hmm. we knew that was the issue. We knew SVB uh, was trans trans transferring grades from a one country to another. Mm-hmm. We knew we know Brad as a weiro is waiting on a two time transfer waiver. We don't know what t- uh, I almost said ten in Magasa. We don't know what a Bumagasa is uh, is waiting on. No, we don't, and it it really it could be any of the above. It could be something different. I mean, it's just international player stuff, right? I you just wish. Well, I don't it were think done it's sooner. a two time transfer rule. It was. It's not that, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 it's not that. It, but it could be academic. It could just be you know them you know making sure everything checks out in terms of like who he played for in the past. It's um. I would. I actually like would. If I were a betting man, I would expect him to be ready before Wyoming um, yeah. this week. Just the way that these international ones are coming in. I just, I, I like feel I like I said, they're rolling them out. They're one by one. Yeah. It's not going to be another week. I, 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 I'm thinking we, we hear something on him soon. I, I don't see any reason like why he won't be eligible right away. It's just a matter of processing it. Yeah. I think it's that, that transitioning of the grades. Um, 70 oh sorry signing day this yeah. was this got us a little like there was some there were some you know nervous nervous fingers in the chat uh this week yeah uh when signing day hit and uh Jacobus Wilford posts in his uh in his Instagram story he is uh postponing the signing day yeah in this day of of nil and uh you know some some last minute chicanery around there in uh in college hoops everywhere 
it, it had us all a little bit nervous. You know, none of us really had an inside track on what was going on here. And as it turns out, it was just a delay, right? <laughs> like he, two days later, he signs signing day. I got to say, Zach really snuck up on me this year. Like I, I knew in theory all along when it was happening. And then I didn't think about it at all like that week. And then all of a sudden, you know, I'm like on Twitter that morning and I see like people starting to sign and I was like, Oh, that's right. It's signing day. I completely forgot. And uh, so it really snuck up on me. And so when he when he had postponed, it was just kind of a, I don't want to say a slug in the gut, but like we definitely raised an eyebrow. Like I hope everything's all right here. I don't know if it's if it's us being just damaged slew fans or if it's just the the era of college sports right now that has us on edge. Yeah, I mean, I think it is the it's a lot of everything, right? It's yeah. it's yeah. it's a nice. Uh, a nice jar full of uh sports fan trauma uh that's filled up i'm just i'm which just is completely fake end. trauma by the way i just want to make that clear that it is absolute like dog shit what my what i put myself through and what everybody yeah. else yeah. puts themselves through it is i was just the, gonna say self-inflicted trauma oh god yes god um 75 63 win over Southern Indiana. Uh, I, I don't know. I guess I don't love that spread. <laughs> um, well, it was the same story that we saw on Saturday, right? Like yeah. it was, it was bigger and then it was 12. Um, yeah. You know, there were, there was a point in the middle of the game where there were, there were some people, I think specifically uh, the Joel Hall who had, who had predicted on, on Billikens.com. He was like, we're only going to win this by 12 because other people were saying what well, what was Vegas 17 and a half or something like that and I think the Wiz had a bigger spread and nobody beats the Wiz there was a point early in the second half where everybody was dunking on the people who were pessimistic because we were up by about 19 or 20 at the time and then all of a sudden the the same thing that always happens in the second half happens we get a little bit cold and we wind up winning this thing by 12 so the people who were a little more pessimistic on the line on this one uh, got to dunk on everybody else at the end, but uh, you know, they never make it easy. I, I guess uh, an opening season win is, is, is what we needed, what we wanted, but, uh, and we'll get into this even more on Saturday. They, I just wish they could put a game away. Yeah. That's kind of, that's, that seems to be an evergreen uh, statement. Yeah. Um, but looking at this game, Billiken started Hughes, Meadows, Parker, Jimerson, Hargrove. I don't think we had any surprise there. No surprise. It's just weird to see that as the starting yeah. lineup, right? You're lining up a six, four guy at center, having him take the tip. It's just, it's all very weird. Yeah. Um, run us down. You know, it looked like, uh, slew really just, we came out of the gates flying a lot of energy. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that's from the start, right? Like from the jump, it was just like, okay, we don't have size, but we're going to compensate for that disadvantage with effort, energy, hitting the glass hard, using a lot of defensive pressure to get to Southern Indiana. Uh, I think we moved the ball around well, shot a lot of threes in the beginning, but didn't really stick with that, that part necessarily. But regardless, I think we did a lot of what Ford said we would do when rolling out a, a smaller lineup. Um, you know, we, we I think uh, Hargrove, uh, man, 
he really like I don't want to say we're we're that people are down on him going into the season, but I just I I think people wondered if he had another level, another gear, yeah. and, and I think he set out on uh, Monday night to to prove everyone that everyone wrong. I think you're right. He it was it was more than just like a favorable matchup or a hot night or anything like that. Like he was playing with a, a very clear chip on his shoulder. He was fired up. I mean, like he was really after every whistle when a play went his way, you know, like an and one or a drawing a foul or 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 whatever, he was really amped up. And so that was great to see. He he ended up with 27 and 15 both career highs. He did leave the game with cramps with a few minutes left, but that hasn't really turned out to be anything. Um, rebounded hard, man. I mean, like like 15 rebounds is is pretty incredible for a guy who otherwise has no business starting at the five, you know? He's just put in this unusual position. He's accepted his assignment. His effort was undeniable. And Zach, I think the question is now, after seeing his offensive output in that game, is he the stretch five we've uh, been waiting for all these years? Uh, what, uh, yes, until Bruce Zhang gets up to speed. Yeah. I mean, look, I am going to remind everybody because I am a self-important D-bag uh, that I have been saying that TJ Hargrove would be a great stretch four or five since he got to slew. Well, I said it. it. I said it. Now I'm we have kidding. some evidence to support your theory yes um uh you know larry hughes the second uh is really playing with the confidence of his dad right now yeah and he has such a different game too right like like his his dad was never really a big three-point shooter he 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 was a rhythm shooter and and shot it a little bit he wasn't the most efficient perimeter shooter uh, but Larry Jr. is it's like that's that's his number one button, right? I mean, like in this game, he's our second leading scorer. He's got 12. All three of his three pointers came in the first half. Um, he's shot it pretty efficiently so far this season. Looked good. In, his shot looked great in those exhibition games. And it's just it's to, for, to go from preferred walk on to second leading scorer, you know, as he transitions into the season is just really reassuring on a night when jimerson and parker really weren't uh lighting up lighting it up at all yeah no they were uh you know nine and eight respectively mm -hmm. uh combined six of 22 from the field and one of seven from three uh i i mean i i don't know if i i want to talk about being concerned that both could not play well in a game but you know i don't know that's where Hughes and his progression really step in and help, right? Because like if Jimerson was cold from three last season, we were in a lot of trouble because we just didn't really have a whole lot of other perimeter threats, right? Like Yuri really wasn't that. Javante Perkins wasn't himself all season long. Um, Parker was still getting up to speed, not playing huge minutes. And and we just didn't have that that other perimeter threat. Now we've got three pretty legit threats at any at any given time so it, it is a little reassuring to me that in a night when they're both off uh you know we've got somebody who's who can kind of step in and fill the role still having them both kind of be off on the same night really is not it's not something you want to have happen again and it's definitely one of the contributing factors to letting southern indiana get in 
this is a game where we shouldn't have let up 63 points and we should have scored more than 75. I, um, so having both of them be off on the same night, it's, it doesn't help. I really like Sion Medley. That that kid can play. He can, and it's not really showing up in the box score yet. No. He's giving you good minutes. I I didn't think he looked as good against um, Illinois State as he did in the first two games, but you, you you can see it at least, right? Like when he comes on the floor, you can at least see it. He moves well. He moves the ball around well. Uh, he's, you know, he's undersized. He's really not a scoring threat yet, and that's definitely something he's going to need to build out, but uh, you, you definitely see our, our future point guard in him for sure. Yeah, he's he's really I think underrated defensively, and I think another one that that has really done well on the defensive end and playing better than the box score shows would be like a Kellen Thames. Yeah. Uh, I I just he's always you know he's one of the guys that can poke the ball away. Medley can poke the ball away. Um, it's just not in some people's DNA, and but but those two seem to do really well. Thames is a Swiss army knife. He's got, he seems to have really good instincts and he's developing really rapidly. And I, I just, I, I think he's going to be one of these guys like an indispensable, I don't even want to call him a role player. I think his ceiling is, is higher than that, given that he's clearly taller than he was last season and, and is, and has built out his frame a little bit. Um, he's got a great nose for offensive rebounds. You're right about disrupting defensive passing lanes He's he's all over it. He's converted steals into dunks, you know, and 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 that's in a, a very limited sample size so far this season. So for being such a mystery, it's like very quickly he's opened up our eyes as to all the things he can he can do well. And uh, I he's one of the guys that I am most excited about watching on this uh, on this team this year. Um, one of the guys that that maybe kind of struggled in this one uh, was Tim Dalger, uh, six and seven. Uh, but got in foul trouble and, and he seemed to be a little, you know, kind of that, that over overly aggressive um, inability to finish at the rim. Yeah. I think he missed four layups in the first half. And so a lot of those were kind of in transition. And I, I it's almost one of those things, like he's got a really long stride that I like, sometimes I wish he would kind of like compact it a little bit and slow down. Um, I think he like he commits to what he's going to do really early in a play. And the Malik think, Yarbrough is what we call that. A little bit, yeah. And he's he's like his de- decision making is not always great. I, I I just I don't know if it's instincts. I don't know if it's mentality. I don't know what it is. But uh, yeah, I, so far I just um, I, he's been a little puzzling to watch. He's rebounding pretty well. He's kind of like a little bit quietly. He's one of our better rebounders. But um, he, he's when he came in, I was kind of like, well, if he can score more efficiently than he did at Tulsa, then we should be in pretty good shape. But now I see where kind of that some of that inefficiency comes from, right? Like he just, um, I, I think his his shot selections definitely got to improve. Um, Mike Meadows Jr. Um, had a quiet twenty nine minutes in this one, but isn't is that kind of what you're asking of him in a lot of ways? I think he's going to be one of these guys all season long where he's going to be a little bit quieter in this game. He, his production wasn't great either. And it gets better over the course of this week, right? Like, like in the next game, he really does get better. Um, but yeah, I, I think you're right. I think he's just going to kind of be that steady veteran hand back there um, in the backcourt. Um, as <laughs> Steph Van Bussel came in and uh, made his presence felt, uh, I, 
I kid you not set six illegal screens in this one. Yeah, he he really I saw that from Bruce on Saturday as well. Like he comes in, they set this the high screen and man, do they lean into they were practically running into it at some at some points. But in this game, especially, I think the the young bigs were just a little jacked up and uh, and maybe a little overly zealous on those. He was really raw in this game. He did look better in the next game. But yeah, he's he's definitely a work in progress. Um, I, I you know, it's it, I think this season, this is going to going to be, I think, what we're going to say. This is what we're going to say probably the entire season, I think, is the energy and effort were there all game. Uh, mm -hmm. Well, the, the energy and effort were there at parts of the game, and then it just kind of wanes down the stretch and, right. and the Billikens, unless this coaching staff could figure out how to get them, you know, uh, in better shape over the next few weeks. Like, I just... I just see this kind of being the story. Yeah, it's I'm looking back at these notes and I'm like shocked at how because I kind of write them like during and immediately after the game. Right. So I'm looking back at these and they're almost the same as what we wrote on Saturday night <laughs> against <laughs> Illinois State. Uh, slew led by as much as 24 and we won by 12. Didn't hit a field goal for the last 423. Hit just one of their last eight field goal attempts. Um, they, they had a pretty wide rebounding margin at, at one point and ended up just plus three for the game. And then when you look at kind of the big band categories, like points in the paint and blocks, they lose points in the paint by 14 blocks. They, they only had one and they were blocked eight times. And, uh, and yeah, Zach, I mean, it's, it's just, it's concerning yet again. Yeah. I, I mean, and, um, I, I literally, again, I have this written down twice. Yeah. Uh, it's, I, I really want, wanted, see, that's the thing. I, I write these things ahead of the games later yeah. in the week. I think we're going to have to take a good hard look at how we present the week of games. If we have more than, than one, but it's, I, 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 my diagnosis, my unscientific non-doctoral diagnosis is that he man ford tries to manage the game like he tries to manage a win mm -hmm. instead of just letting him play yes and i think and, and really that's the character of this team right like all, like we're we're like this is a a very energetic competitive yeah. group of guys and like you can see it in them especially in a guy like sincere parker in his body language and and we'll, we'll get to that in the next two games but like I just kind of feel like, like, don't, don't like, just let them play, right? Yeah. Like roll it out there and let them play. And like when, when they've got that kind of lead and you, you don't have to leave your starters all the way in until the end or anything like that, but there's no need to, to, to try and, and like you say, micromanage uh, a 24 point lead, just like, like let them keep going. Like, yes, they, they're at their best when they look like they're just kind of, um, uh, you know, playing with more of an open gym mentality and just running and, and, and making those effort plays and playing in rhythm. Yes. I, I, I don't understand, you know, man, I, I just don't understand it. Uh, like, you know, six, I'm, I'm annoyed at this point. <laughs> um, yeah. six turnovers though, in this one was, was nice. Yeah. Um, 
you know, especially coming from a season where you relied on nobody on this team to handle the ball. That's right. Yeah. I didn't know what it would look like. Um, but, but so in the early going, it's very promising, you know, on the turnover front, what they look like medley had two of them in this game. Efficiency was a little bit of a concern though. Um, only 36.4% from the field. They missed a lot at the rim, like we said before. And then they only wound up taking 23, 20, sorry, 21, three pointers in the end. Uh, Ford actually did seem a little upset about this. I like, like in the post game, he said it should be more than that. Um, but I think in this he game, he says we got that a more, lot more easy. Wait till you hear that. about the next two. I know. I know. Uh, you know, again, looking back at the notes in this one, Zach, it's, it's a lot of the same themes that come up, which one again, the, are these same themes over the last seven years, you know, and that's what I really don't understand. And I was thinking about this a lot after Saturday's game. I, how do we lose that many players, that many veteran players, experienced players from last season's team, and then come back and still have the same problem, right? Like you're really only bringing back two or three guys who played, significant minutes last year i know <laughs> i pete, see you pete, gesturing pete, let i know tell you something else you brought back one coach too <laughs> yeah let's let's look for common denominators i don't think it's tj hargrove uh, uh, i'm i'm gonna say it's look all like it's let them just let them cook man like yeah i, I don't real. know what what the i don't know what the point is I think short and long term, this team is going to be better if just you just kind of let matter. them play there. Yeah. Um, with the weirdest part of this game, Zach, this floor. What is going on in that Chaffetz Arena floor? I was reminded of like the ACC tournament that had to be postponed the one year because the Greensboro, Greensboro Coliseum like ice was like melting underneath it or something like that. Um, it, it it was it was really concerning how much slipping there was out there. And for a minute, you know, you, you were worried, like our guys are getting like seriously hurt. Yeah. I, I was literally yelling, stop the damn game. Like I actually, I just, I just don't, I don't understand what the hell was going on there. No, neither do I. And I mean, they are capable of having, you know, ice events, but like the ice wasn't down this week. Like they don't have ice. They or wait, they they they've had Disney it's on fake ice. Oh, is that what it is? I think so. I thought that Disney brought their own ice, but now I heard it. Somebody said it was fake ice. Well, re regardless, like yeah. that's not a factor. So there's something going on with the floor surface or the humidity in the the gym or like the like. But it wasn't as bad the next two games, so maybe they kind of did figure something out. But like. I was alarmed at, at, at like it, it, Hughes at one point got hurt. Other guys were falling down and then they, they were happening like in the succession too, right? Like it was, it would be like two or three over the course of a couple minutes. Uh, I, that's just, that's the kind of thing. Like, I don't want this to finally be addressed after somebody, but you know, tears a knee. It's like, yeah. I, I don't, I want the bridge to be fixed before it collapses kind of thing. It's like, that's, that's not exactly the MO around no. these parts. <laughs> yeah, um, well, let's hope. Anyway, uh, the Billikens decided to play a Division II team on Wednesday night, the 8th, and they beat them 55 22, or sorry, 102 66. Yeah. Uh, this one was a, I, I, you know what? Fine. 
<laughs> it was 55 22 at halftime you know this was lincoln the blue tigers um they're a you know we we talked about their conference the the miaa and they were fifth last year they're projected to be i think we said 11th or 12th this year so they lost a lot they've got a lot of new players and and it was just it was clear from the start i thought they would be a little more kentucky wesleyan than berea in terms of like framing it compared to our um preseason competition or exhibition competition but they were definitely close to berea unfortunately Parker had a big game in this one, Zach, 20 points in 16 minutes on nine of 12 shooting one from four from three. And then he was ejected. Pretty, uh, pretty wild game here. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know what happened. I just know that he got ejected. I, I wasn't there. Yeah. Um, I guess trash talk. So, so that's what it looks like. The first one was for. And then the second one, people are saying he kind of brushed the referee. Like as they walk by each other, and I think that was the second tech. And somebody said that was it was BS and shouldn't have been given. And it was the referee and Parker didn't see him. Other people said Parker lost his cool. He shouldn't have been talking trash to a D two school. Uh, you know sure. that that you know. So it, it we we didn't really see this from Parker last season because he wasn't playing these big minutes. But this year. We're now seeing it in every game where like he really gets going. He really starts feeling it. And you, that's the good sincere. That's what we all want to see. But then the bad side of that, he gets a is little less sincere. He runs, he runs his mouth. Well, I think he's pretty sincere with some of his trash talk too, uh, but he, he has a, he clearly already has shown a tendency to kind of run his mouth and maybe make some poor decisions uh, when he's just getting amped all the way up. So um, I think that's going to be a learning curve for him and for Ford over the course of the season, like when to rein that in. But um, nine of 12 shooting, 20 points in 16 minutes, I'll take uh, any day against anybody. Uh, Jimerson, 16 points on five of six shooting, all from three and a free throw, all in the first half. Yeah. Yeah, Oof, he was good. He, you know, we had worried about his shot in the exhibition, worried about his shots in the in, in the first game against Southern Indiana. And then he showed right here, like it's not broken, right? Like he's he's still got it. Um, so it, there's just going to be nights where he's he's scoring more than than other nights. Pretty simple. Uh, you talked about it a little bit. Meadows sixteen four and four and twenty two, yeah. big step up from the first game. Uh, Dolger twelve and six. Uh, this one surprised me. Yeah. Uh, SVB led Slew with nine rebounds. Pete. He did, and he he gutted it out for all of them. He ended up with seven points, too. I think he only had one field goal, and if I'm not mistaken, he was five of ten from the free throw line. So um, not he missed a couple early free throws, and then he was basically hitting one of two, you know, every time down. You could see him getting a little frustrated with himself. I think he, he at least thinks of himself as a better free throw shooter. So five of 10, you know, going to the line a lot for a new big, I'm not overly concerned with it. You, you obviously want to get that up to about seven um, over the course of the season, but I don't, I don't foresee him shooting 10 free throws a game or anything like that. Uh, now Thames and Hargrove had nine each uh, Hughes. Uh, yeah. Played seven minutes and left the game, came back with an ice wrap. He did. They said it was just precautionary and it looked like he kind of had tweaked his groin in the previous game. So I think between the two of those things, they were just going to kind of take it easy. And, uh, and he was there for the third game. So luckily that was it. I, after the game, I, I can't remember what his comment was to, to the media. I think he said he, he had just, uh, 
um I, I, it was like he had basically self-diagnosed right like he said oh it's no big deal we're just being careful with it and i and i think i texted you like let's go have a doctor look at that anyway larry like, <laughs> <laughs> nope i want I just, my guys i, wanna, I want I my guys sure. playing through through gallstones <laughs> like that yeah. i you got to play through that shit yeah. uh you gotta be tough on this team uh Slew's out rebounded 42 to 39 with Lincoln getting 17 offensive boards. They forced 20 turnovers and commit while committing 12, uh, nine of 18 from three Pete. We're going to, when are we going to shoot the three? Well, in this game, I, I excuse it because they had 50 points in the paint, 29 fast break points. They had 39 free throw attempts. So pull up you, in fast on the fast break. Pull this up. is just yeah, pull up uncontested threes on the off the dribble. Yes, it's it's just a matter of taking what they give you in this game. And and I'm not super concerned about it. But back to that turnover number. I like that one a lot, even though we we had 12. That's more than you want against a lower division team forcing 20 is nice because we remember last year we did not force turnovers and it didn't matter if we were playing the lincolns of the world or if we were playing you know providence or maryland or whoever like we just didn't force turnovers so um that's another thing that that you know the energy the effort the play style that's different this year um i think that that's going to be a, a you know I think our turnover differential is is one of the things that I think is going to be a, a net benefit for this team over the course of the season. My favorite part of this show is when you say, if you remember, because I never do. And so <laughs> that's really helpful for me. Well, you remember that we don't close out games and, you know, yes, here we, I also here we go remember again. that we don't defend the three very well. Also true. Also true. I, I don't know, you know, small sample size so far. So we'll see about that. Um, yeah uh not a lot to take from this one pete um yeah. we thought yeah i think you kind of you kind of put the head uh the hit the nail on the head with this one um they yeah. they weren't right i thought they'd be a little bit better than they were but um that's all right we we luckily came out of the game uh without any long-term injuries and so saw some more of the younger guys gave svb a little more run that i think he he needed so uh, so there are some positives for sure. Uh, 80 to 71 win versus Illinois state on Saturday, the 11th, uh, Pete, it didn't have to be this way. It, it, it just didn't. I was having, I was having a lot of fun. Everybody was, Oh my Everybody God, was. was I having fun? The, 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 you could, you could sense the energy in the crowd. It was coming yes. across in the broadcast. Uh, yeah, I mean, you were there, so you can speak to that for sure. But like, I can tell you that on, on Twitter, on discord, on billikins.com, anywhere fans were congregating online, everybody was having a blast with this game until a very specific moment in the second half. Mm -hmm. And then we started getting those feelings again, when we know what's going on and we just didn't close it out. Tim Dalger dunks the ball. With 12 minutes and 55 seconds remaining in the game. That was the last time the Billikens scored from the field in this game. Going through these notes and looking at the Southern Indiana game, and I remember, and I was looking at that, and I was like, so we didn't have a field goal in the last 423 of that game. And I remember being like, not again. Are this is really happening again this season? We're not going to close a game out. I was so mad at that 423 number. 
And here we Who are. Did you know? Three times as long in this game. Three times as long, almost 13 full minutes. We don't score a field goal, and we still we still win by nine. But I mean, like, that's, that's not going to happen. Ridiculous. We're we're going to need 30 and 40 point leads if we're just going to not score for the last 13 minutes. That sounds guess, doable. Uh, it's just it, it's insane. I I just don't understand. So he makes that dunk. 12:55 left. Both teams missed some shots. I ISU made one. Bruce turns it over because if you remember that pass, he, att- he yes. Uh, attempted. So, so this was my favorite part of the game. Right. Uh, so Bruce Bruce drives down the lane, first of all. First of all, he drove down the lane and tried to kick it to Larry Hughes for three. Then he gets the ball. He catches it palmed and mm-hmm. palms it away. And he sees a back cut that stops short. And he tries to around baseball pass it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the most impressive thing I've ever seen out of a, a slew big man. He attempted a Jokic, but he didn't really have the uh, the you know the follow through the execution. Well, he, or the, or they the missed teammate. Time. He who, saw that. Yeah. He saw him pulled up, and he right. tried to hold it back. Yeah, he didn't have the teammate where you know they they ran the wrong route basically, yes. and and so so he then we go down to the other end after we're turning it over. Um, he commits a foul and we go to immediate timeout with a 22 point lead. And at this point you're like, whatever, right? It's not a, it's not a cold streak yet. I think there was 1138 left in the game. So it's been a little bit over a minute since we scored, but you're not, you're not concerned. We just saw our new big try something crazy. And we, we, we thought it was more fun than bad. Right. Like, yeah, that's, you know, I was like, it's not, like if Yuri would have tried that and did that, I would have been like, "You son of a," yeah. Like, but but Bruce, I'm like, yeah, dude, yeah. I like that. Well, we're just getting our first glimpse at the guy, and then you see him do that, and it's like, oh wow, this is going to be an interesting player. So we're we're all <laughs> excited, if anything. And then Slew does that Slew thing and just decides not to close the game out. They turn it over. They miss shots. They make bad decisions. Stupid fouls. Every one of those things was there. And we benefited from the fact that Illinois State just isn't very good. So we, we hung on. Now, they did get to within five at one point, and I didn't feel great about that. Oh, I thought I was sitting there feeling like it was SIUE. Oh, my God. I, the entire time. Yeah. I, like, we shot six. We took six shots in 13 minutes. So here's what's crazy, and I, I, I think I have this right. Until that Bruce turnover, I think we had one turnover. We had one turnover in the first half and hadn't yet turned it over in the second half. And then we had nine in the last 13 minutes, starting with that one from Bruce. And it's not like not like his fault. You know, he didn't play most of the, the rest. No, of the, he didn't he play at all. Yeah, he, didn't he didn't play again. That was that's that is the worst. Like, I, I don't know how you don't put him in. He was an absolute I, like I get that you're trying to like keep you know protect him a little bit, yeah. but like he he really the crowd was eating him up. Yeah, put him back in the game. Get the crowd back on your side. He's he's gonna be a he's a, already a fan favorite, right? Like he just yes, is. The he's a he seven foot one court. seven foot one guy from China who plays like a a Euro style game. 
and and like just attempted things on the court that we haven't seen our bigs attempt before it, it was like Fans watching like georgie it was like yeah, watching yeah, yeah. georgie do things and you're like oh he's got that kind of moxie yeah for real but like that we're hitting on this like several times already it's like that's what's so alluring about this team right is we have unique players yes. and when you kind of cut them loose like they're a lot of fun and it's like i would we're three and oh i don't know what the the season is going to look like in the end but i want it to be fun right like mm-hmm. i want these these interesting players to be allowed to do the things that make them you know yes. compelling to watch so i don't know how much more you know we're going to see those guys reined in or allowed to play over the course of the year but i'm telling you like i hope if, it's i hope it's let loose i want them like yeah. i want them off the chain i i want look don't uh, dude if we are going to be I, I, i'm going to talk like if we're if we're going to be average this year mm-hmm. um it it's time to stop it's time for travis ford to stop being risk averse yeah even if we're even if we're trending well, stop averting like stop trying to manage the game. Swing for the fences. Yeah. To quote Hank Hill, don't play lawyer ball, son. <laughs> like yeah. just go for it. Let them keep pushing the tempo. Oh, we we you know, we turned it over. It wasn't even it wasn't even a live ball turnover. Wait. Yeah, it was. Okay, fine. But like, let them push it. Like, let's go. Like, come up, come down the court and shoot it. Shoot threes. Like, if you're gonna turn it over eight times in in 13 minutes, at least get a shot up. Mm-hmm. Like, forget. Like, don't get into your offense if you're turning the ball over. Just come down and shoot it. Because if you turn it over, you're not getting. You're not. You have no chance of scoring points. At least if you shoot it, you might score. You might get the rebound. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Keep playing fast. If you're going to commit to playing fast and shooting threes, play fast and shoot threes all the way yeah. through the game, the entire game. Yes. Make it fun. Fun. That's why <laughs> we do this. Yes. Right. Fill, fill those stands. Um, Jimerson had 20 points with two field goals. Yes. That's I know. Why is the why is St. Why are St. Louis University basketball? This is where bizarre stats come to play. So didn't Jimerson say something like, um, I wish I could get to, uh, I, I'm I'm forgetting where I saw this, whether it was a text or on Twitter or something like that, but someone had shot a bunch of free throws in the first game and he was like, I wish I got to the line that much. So in this game, he he does. He gets to the line. He shoots fifteen of seventeen from the free throw line. He makes one two pointer, one three pointer, and yeah, twenty points on a bunch of free throws. Uh, I actually it made me think of, and this is for nobody, but um, Chris Sloan when he was a senior in high school came and played at Chaminade. So I was a junior, he was a senior. So it was like Chris Sloan, David Lee was kind of the marquee matchup. And I think Sloan's team wound up winning by a few. And How north? He, he had like 24, 26 points. And I think he had 22 free throws. You'll have to ask him about it. But like they, they just hacked him, sent him to the line. And he went like 22 of 24 from the free throw line. 
And, and, and yes, he's not a Jimerson like, uh, you know, perimeter shooter, but it's what it made me think of. Uh, Jimerson totally sloaned it in this just, game. And just run, like, seriously, that's how Jimerson, like, I yeah. want him to score either on fast break threes or drives to the hoop and he's getting to the line. It's been interesting because he does seem content to, if 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 the three's not there for him, he doesn't seem like he's worried about it this year, right? No. Like he's he's drawing fouls, he's passing, he's kind of like just letting the game come to him a little bit more. He doesn't seem the least bit concerned about like just, um, you know, finding open threes. So he's, yeah. he's been really interesting to watch this this season. He's been a lot different. I think it's interesting because he has. Like, I feel like this team just moves the ball different. And I like that. Like, yeah. that's the thing that I was really enjoying uh, in that, in the home opener. And then I, it, in this one, it wasn't there as much, especially mm -hmm. down the stretch. Like, I, we just let the ball stick again and again sometimes. Like, again, in this one, we certainly didn't press as much. We, we didn't, we certainly didn't run as much. And I know that comes with, you know, a better uh, opponent, but like, just do it, man. Like, I don't just, I don't understand why you hesitate. Like you put this plan in place, run the plan. Mm -hmm. Like that's how we win. Yeah. You, you've let you laid it out at the start of the year. How we win is to get out and run with small lineup and shoot threes. Yeah. Run that plan. Why does it matter if you, it does not matter if you actually you look worse if you go back on that plan and lose. Right. So right. Uh, either way, you're either going to succeed or not, but you're going to look better and failure if you just stick to the damn plan. So yeah, that's my and, take. And, and I don't you know. You also won't cough up a 24 point lead. You know, if, if that's you the of, hope, that's you play the hope. Your strengths. That's yeah. the hope. Second second game this week where they're up by 24 and they they win by a lot less than that. Uh, Parker really was a bucket getter in this one, man. 19 points, 8 of uh, 17, uh, 2 of 5, and 1 of 2. Nine rebounds. Nine nice rebounds game. Too. He was all over the place. And you could see it in his body language. He's got that really bouncy energy that you, you can see when he's feeling it. And it, when we go on runs, he's always the catalyst of those. Like, he's always involved in those. And once again, Zach, we also see the downside of that because he wound up with, was it a, what did they call a it? Flagrant. A flagrant one, I think, in this one. So they get two shots in the ball back after it. And so he, it's it, the decision-making can be a little suspect. And and yep. I know some people are already getting a little bit peeved at that. Oh, dude, there was a guy up uh, in 207, 207, 208 that was just, get off the floor, Parker. Oh wow! Like what the hell, man? Yeah, like, which I I wouldn't be saying based on the amount of production we're getting. Yes, out of no. That, you know? Like this is this is thirty nine points in two games and pretty efficiently, but he's got to he's got to know when to uh, you know control that instinct to either talk trash or make a stupid decision. You know what we talk? You know I want to mention we also have Georgie on the bench. Mm -hmm. Like when we're when we're on a you know bad run. Get him in there. Let him like try to run him off some screens for a three. I, I really don't know. Think, I th defense is what's keeping him off the floor. Yeah. Oh on yeah, the, yeah. On yeah. the offensive end, he's really intriguing. But I think 
Ford, if if I'm trying to get inside his mind, if if we're you know on a four or five minute no field goal streak, right? You throw him in there and you worry about the gap shrinking because if he misses a three at one end and then comes down and gets smoked at the other, then yeah, then, that's you know. fair. So yeah. so he he's a he's a high risk high reward kind yep. of player in that situation for yeah, sure. Yeah, risk averse. And no, but I think I think that's the right call, honestly. Um, but uh yeah, uh Terrence Hargrove, I, I really liked his two blocks in this one more than I really liked his 12 points. He he certainly hasn't been in these last two games as you know as much of a factor as he was in the first game, obviously a career night. Uh, but yeah, the, the two blocks are cool. He's still playing with a high level level of energy. Um, if you get 12 points out of him, I'm more than pleased with that. I thought he was really good in the in the paint in this one. Honestly, I thought defensively he was very, very good. He was. I mean, we're not saying as much about Illinois State's players and what they did, but mm-hmm. uh, he was clearly frustrating them. You know, I thought I thought their their bigs were soft. Um, that uh, Lieb, is that, am I saying his name right? Yeah, the big guy. Yeah, is yeah, is total stiff. And um, uh, I I liked the times when TJ could just kind of frustrate him. I liked him driving too, taking you know drawing the bigs outside and then driving on them. Yeah, it's real nice. He, it's a really nice little play. He's been good at drawing fouls, and and even if he just he he has the ability to kind of get them out of the lane too, right? And 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 open things up a little bit more. Um, and yeah, draw fouls, get them to make bad decisions. Um, he he was frustrating them for sure. Um, Dogger was steady in this one, plus minus uh, plus thirteen, eleven points, four rebounds. Is kind of kind of what you ask out of him. Yep. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it definitely made some plays that make you scratch your head, especially when we were on that uh, cold streak at the end. But overall, um, I, you know, he he's one of those guys like I don't know. I haven't clicked with him yet. I don't love watching him play. And then I look at the box score at the end of the game and I'm like, eh, he was pretty productive. So I'll take it. Yeah, I feel like Mike Meadows uh, kind of the same. He's just quiet, steady, kind of that guy we, we need to be. Him to be uh, Hughes, eight points, but he fouled out in 23 minutes. I'm going to be honest with you. I had no idea he fouled out. I thought, I thought uh, Parker fouled out. Yeah. That, that um, flagrant was Parker's fourth. So he did okay. go to the bench, but came back in and everybody was like, well, we came back in. And I think we were used to the game before where he got two back to back and was gone. So, um, so yeah, he did come back in, but, uh, but Hughes, yeah, no, that was, I thought his fifth foul was pretty soft. Um, but he made a poor decision kind of reaching his arm in a little bit there. And, um, you know, the ref clearly wasn't thinking about, oh, this guy's sitting on four fouls. I got to take it easy on him. He was just forced the whistle, I guess. Uh, you mentioned the turnover issue. Uh, I just, I don't, I don't know what else to say on that one. No, I was, I was like flying high thinking like ball protection is going to be a theme this year for this team. One turnover at halftime that goes into the second half and then you end up with 10 for the game. 10 is a good number. Even, even in the Soderberg days when we played a super slow pace, 35 second shot clock, way fewer possessions than we would have today. 10 was always the, the, the mark that he was shooting for. Um, 10 or below was, was good above 10. He wasn't happy. So 10 is still a good number. But if you're at one at halftime, you know, that's concerning. Nine and a half is bad by any measure. And then we uh, we got out-rebounded, Zach, 39-34. So more um, Bruce. I think that, that's going to be a common theme this year is getting out-rebounded. So you got to do all those other things. 
not turning the ball over being one of them. Yeah. Uh, points off turnover, though. Uh, 26 for the Billikens, uh, six for uh, Indiana or Illinois State. Fast break points were 30 to three. Billikens really liked that. I did too. Illinois State is one of these teams when I was doing the, like, the kind of not the scout per se, but, but for our purposes, when we were doing our little preview um, last time, I kind of thought, um, I had talked to myself into Illinois state actually being a bigger threat than, than what they ended up being. Right. Like I, I kind of, uh, I looked on paper and I thought, well, they've got these, you know, they've got a lot of returners who, who, a few of whom were pretty productive. They have some transfers who might be nice pieces. And I really talked myself into like, this could be a problem. This game could really be a problem. And then just watching them play, it just doesn't come together at all. Um, they play slow. You know, I knew I knew that coming in. They, they're not a big scoring team. Um, they, they definitely try and slow things down, but I just was not impressed with them at all. I was super scared that Kasub Key was just going to torch us. Yeah, and, and like, you know, come back home, have that big, uh, the big homecoming game. But no, he wasn't a, a big factor in this one at all. Uh, next up, the Billikens will head to the Myrtle Beach Invitational where they'll take on Wyoming on Thursday. The 16th, I think that's it, two or one. Um, and then Charleston or Vermont on Friday, the 17th. Uh, third game will be Sunday, the 19th uh, against somebody. We'll find yeah, out. right. So I actually did not. I should have done a scout on Wyoming and, and didn't really do a full one. Just quickly. Nah. Like, they haven't really played anybody yet. Like they, they played. um you know, two lower division teams and, and, and won those. And then the, the only D one team they've played so far is Cal poly and they, they won by 14, but um, Wyoming was, I think last place in the mountain West last year. And, and they're projected to be pretty low again. I I'm not super afraid of this team. You know, they, uh, I, yeah, I don't really know what to say about them. They, yeah. They... It, it's it, it, well, it is frustrating. Cause you, you like talk about, there's not much there and it's like you get on that post-game broadcast did you listen to the post-game those um, are tough for me that's again like listening to other people talk about the billigans is tough for me yeah right no I, I i didn't do this one actually um you know for for what it's worth you know wyoming i think they play a pretty slow pace kind of like indiana state there's one guy that people might recognize cam uh, I hate his last name, Manyau, I think is how you say it. M-A-N-Y-A-W-U. He's from Kansas City and he went to Staley High School. And I think, um, you know, pe people might remember him. I think we, Slew kind of took a look at him back in the day and I think he played for Mocan. So if you kind of paid attention to Missouri at, at, at all, he had 19 and 10 in their first game. He's a pretty efficient player, um, kind of a guy to, to keep an eye out for. He's 6'9", 228. So he's he's really the one player on their roster that kind of stands out to me that might be kind of a matchup issue. Um, otherwise, I think we go deeper than them. We play a lot faster. Uh, we could get beat on the glass, but I think our guards should be enough in this one. Uh, Wyoming was just they were really bad last year, and their 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 best player was out for the year. So I I feel like we should win the first one. Charleston or Vermont is going to be a tougher matchup though for sure. Uh, let's go around the A-10 real quick. Uh, give us the scores from Monday real quick. Monday was a big night. Things got, uh, it was it was the big kickoff in the league. And 
Except for one result, Zach, I think the league did pretty well. Richmond, 93. They can really score this year, by the way. Uh, VMI, 75. McNeese, 76. VCU, 65. That was, uh, that was a big surprise. McNeese is supposed to win their conference, but their conference is terrible. Uh, rough start for VCU. St. Bonaventure, 73. Longwood, 69. That, nice. uh, that was a, They had to battle back in that game. Uh, Dayton 63 SIUE 47 Dayton needed a run to be up at halftime and then SIUE just couldn't do anything in the second half St. Joe's 81 Lafayette 60 George Mason 72 Monmouth 61 Rhode Island 81 Central Connecticut State 70 Duquesne 79 Cleveland State 77 Uh, just eked one out there Davidson 86 Washington and Lee 63 George Washington they had to play two teams (laughs) <laughs> Washington and Lee. Yeah, I've actually uh I just saw their campus a few months ago. It's a nice place. Uh George Washington 89, Stonehill 44. And then Fordham 68, Wagner 64, a game they should have won in regulation, but uh they did it in overtime. Fordham. Um no, uh Washington the campus should be nice. It was called Washington and Lee. Uh, Tuesday the 7th LaSalle 67 Drexel 61 UMass 92 Albany 71 uh, Wednesday the 8th Florida Atlantic 75 Loyola 62 uh, uh, surprising not surprising I mean Florida Atlantic was it's they're like preseason number 10 they're supposed to be great they made the final four last year but everybody's been hyping Loyola this year so. I don't know where that's coming from but okay yeah, I know. I'm I'm the same way. I'm I'm skeptical with Loyola. Uh Thursday the 9th, Rhode Island 93, Fairfield 80. Run us down Friday 10, Pete. Friday, Mason, Friday 10 on the 10th. That's right. George Mason 67, Austin P 45. St. Joe's beat Penn 69-61. Nice. Duquesne 90. Charleston 72. That was a pretty impressive result. I hate myself. VCU. 75 Samford 65 Samford actually led for a lot of that game Davidson 64 Maryland 61 uh nice result for the for the conference there and then Northwestern 71 Dayton 66 uh it looks like Dayton's going to struggle to move the ball around without Mal Smith this season uh Saturday the 11th uh Canisius top St. Bonaventure 70 to 67 nothing At like watching Bonaventure a... what at St. Bonaventure, yes, too. Nothing like watching the Riley Center uh, get upset by uh, uh, by Canisius. That, that, that's one of the closest schools to them as well. Yes. So that, that's like a very regional rivalry. And uh, I know that when that was on the schedule, there was some St. Bonaventure fans that were kind of upset that they had scheduled it. And then, other one, you know, I, I really like uh, SB Unfurled, who was saying, um, you know, like, no, you got to play, play your local rivals and you got to beat them, right? Like it's, you, you can't look down at them. So anyway, uh, they, they got to win that game. Uh, LaSalle 79 Northeastern 74, uh, GW 95, William and Mary 89, uh, Cornell beats Fordham 78, 73, uh, Richmond over Siena 90 to 48 again. Scoring the basketball, uh, Loyola 89, Eastern Illinois 65, and then Clemson 68, Davidson 65. Yeah, that I just want to watch this whole conference burn. Well, you know, a lot there were some somebody said like 
on was it Saturday? And they were just like, oh, there it is. The A10's already done for the year. They've melted down. And I'm kind of looking at the overall results and I'm like, with the exception of a couple games, not really. Like you'd probably want that McNeese game back. Um, and then Cornell over Fordham is one you'd want back. But for the most part, it's like Dayton losing at Northwestern's not a, a surprising thing. Florida Atlantic was gonna beat Loyola. Uh I, I don't know. I, I thought overall it was not that bad. You know, Davidson losing to Clemson was unfortunate because that game was so back and forth. Either team could have had it. Um Davidson led for you know quite a bit. It was a coin flip. So I no, I don't think the sky's falling, but you're right. If I did know that it was going to be a one bid league, then yeah, I want to, then I'm going to root against everybody. So if there's definitely a thing now where it's like, what's, what's in our interest to root for, right? Do we want the conference to, to be no, strong I'm enough to sicko. have good metrics? You're, <laughs> I'm a sicko. You're like, no, I just want to see, I want to see Dayton lose uh, a bye game. I want to watch the world burn. <laughs> um, women's basketball, man. Uh, let's skip over Thursday the 9th and move right on to today. No, uh, we're not going to do that. But first, got to talk about signing day. Three players put their put pen to paper and signed to join Tillett's squad next year. Hannah Wallace is a 6-1 uh, guard forward from Cardinal Ritter. Knew about her. Mia Bergstrom. We've known about her for so long, I kind of forgot about her when I was tweeting about the third one. But Bergstrom's a 5-10 guard from St. Viator in Arlington Heights, Illinois. The third our, one Our was, Slew St. Viator listeners are going to cr- crush you for that. Is that how you say it, Viator? St. Viator, I think. Oh, that can't be right. I think so, Viator. Ugh, I don't like that at all. Go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. The third one, though, is the one we didn't know about until she signed, and that's Shantiria Anumale. Uh, Anumale. Anumale. I'm going to say Anumale. 5'10 guard from Fort Bend, Austin High School in Sugarland, Texas. Uh, she's from the Houston area originally. She is an, a really interesting player, Zach. Um, she seems to really fit the mold, the character, the play style of a Tillett team. She's a very like kind of strong built guard, not super tall. She entered this year, this calendar year, 2023, with no Division One offers. And even in like January, got was still getting like lower division offers. She winds up. Between then and today, as we as we pod, uh, well, I, I guess until she signed. So between January and November, over 20 offers. And some of them were strong, too. Like she had like Seton Hall. Um, I know she had a couple other, uh, you know, programs at that kind of level as well. So uh, really impressive what she did this year. Blew up in the spring and summer on AAU. I think she originally committed to Liberty back in June and then decommitted uh, later in the summer. And uh, yeah, I would yeah, decommit I'm, I'm, from Liberty too. I know. <laughs> she probably found out what it was like, but, um, but no. So, so I mean, Hey, their, their losses are gain. I think she's a really nice player, uh, a nice surprise on signing day. Cause I, I don't think she publicly committed before that. So three very good gets for, um, for Tillett on the, on the fall signing list. And uh, yeah. As always, just really excited about where this program's going. My favorite clip from this week was the uh, North, or not Northwestern, the BYU player yelling back at the fans, shut the F up. Yeah. That was perfect. That was, was so great. Because uh, it was like wholesome, but you can kind of rib them for, you know, 78-66 loss versus Drake. 
uh, Thursday the 9th. Uh, there were moments in this game, Pete, where I had never seen uh, worse defense. Like oh. I had, I had, I, I, and then there were times where you just, they looked disinterested with the ball where they would just like Drake took one away, just literally just grabbed two hands and ran down the court. It was so bizarre. Yeah. And yet slew was leading 18, 14 in the second quarter. Uh, Drake goes on a 15 0 run to take a 29, 20 lead in the second and then never gave it up from there. I think Stu tweeted that slew had uh, allowed nine uncontested layups for Drake in the first half. And then in the second half, I don't think they gave up as many of those, but I'm thinking about a play play early in the third quarter where Drake player, I don't know who gets the ball right on the three point line, kind of on the side. Well, not over in the corner. Right. But she's, she's over to the wing and um, she's not looking for a shot at all. She's, she's like, like clearly she's waiting for one of her, you know, teammates to set a screen, get open, make a cut. She's waiting for something to happen that doesn't materialize. In the meantime, nobody's closing out on her. Nobody's paying any attention to her on the perimeter at all. They're just giving it to her. And she realizes she's so open. She just stops and shoots and swishes it. And it was just like, if the scout on her was to leave her alone at the three-point line, that's one thing. But like after a first half where they looked discombobulated, at times and disinterested at other times on defense, it just felt more like of a piece of the whole game, right? Like it just didn't, it just didn't, it didn't bode. I don't know. It just, it, everything looked wrong defensively. And then after the game till it goes, I think her quote was they're a little bit further along than we are in the defensive development. I take full responsibility for that. And we're going to get better at it really quickly. We got from this game, what we needed. I thought that was an interesting quote. Um, you're on mute, Zach, but uh, but I think she almost treated the first game like it was a trial run for the next one. Yeah, I, I love that from her. Uh, anything that, you know, full responsibility. I love that, obviously. I think that's that's kind of a that's kind of been a meme on the show lately. Uh, kind of a theme, not a meme. Yeah. Uh, so I think, you know um that you know that's something i love to hear and i think we're going back to and we'll talk about the uh chris allen interview where he talked about the the lull against lasalle in the final and he sure shit was like we'll take we're to that's on us yeah and uh, so i mean it, it's 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 great to see and i think it's encouraging yeah, it really is. It speaks to, I mean, her her character and the culture she's built, and uh, she didn't beat around the bush. She was just like, we just needed to be better. And it's crazy, Zach, because even with that, right? Like, even though you're playing a team that's a top two team in the valley, along with Northern Iowa, they're gonna they're gonna compete for the valley title. They might be a tournament team again. Um, they were a tournament team last year. Very good, very disciplined, very experienced team. Slu still at times threatened, and like made runs, and like could have, you know if things had broken a little bit differently, this still could have gone their way. It was not out of hand by any means. No, it wasn't. Um, the turnover numbers were, were not great in this one. Uh, no. 22 for the Billikens. Uh, luckily, uh, well, not luckily, but Drake had 26. Um, uh, Martinez and Calhoun, man. Uh, uh, well, all the guards really are just pests. Yeah. Yeah, there. I mean, it's it's clear that like as soon as they cross the timeline, or you know, sometimes even before, like 
Martinez and Calhoun are just going for steals. They're going to frustrate, you know, the opposing guards as much as they can. Uh, I thought that was a, a favorable matchup for this game. Drake's a team without a they've got good size, but not a ton of athleticism. And 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 so um it was a good one for us to try and pick on the guards a little bit. But that was really the, the only defense, uh the only defense they really had. But yeah, on the other side of that coin, they need to get better with the ball. That was six turnovers for Martinez. Uh, four for Calhoun and Gray and uh each and then McMakin had three. So it was just uh it was just a little a little too sloppy with the ball, but I guess that was kind of the tenor of the game. Um we got out rebounded by eleven. Yeah. Top rebounder was Tierra Simon. Um she had 13. She hasn't really been a scoring threat yet. And uh with Nook Shavers also kind of struggling to score, we just collectively we're not much of a scoring threat inside i think when you think about brooke flowers production down the end of the se- the stretch at the end of the season um you kind of wonder where the points are going to come from inside i'm not worried about the perimeter for this team at all the guards can really score and we'll get into that in the next game but uh but yeah inside they've got some work to do and you're on you're on mute again buddy <laughs> damn it uh, McMakin had 20 points in this one, uh, six of 18, two of five from three, six of seven from the line with three assists. Kennedy had 10 points, four of 15, two of four from the three. Camry Clegg, 10 points, four of eight, two of six from three. And then Gray had 12 points, uh, five of nine, uh, from, uh, the field, one of two from three and one of two from the line. Uh, Drake's a good team. You mentioned they're picked second to finish in the Valley. Uh, pick to finish second in the Valley. Uh, this could have been different, though. Uh, I mean, I, I thought, you know, for it, when they showed up, I thought mentally, I thought they were they were right there. For sure. I mean, it just, to me, this looked like a matchup between a team that had hit its stride in December and a team that was playing its first exhibition game, right? Like, we were just a little sloppy a little unprepared um I, I i mean i don't think we were unprepared it just kind of looked like that so um unfortunate result in the first one but uh all credit to drake they're a really good team and this is i don't think it's a big indictment of of on slew to to lose that one you know number two a10 preseason team against the number two valley team it's a it's going to be a fairly level matchup you know what was awesome though pete oh i do i do zach um a 93-85 win versus Mizzou on Sunday the 12th. Pete, this was one of those games, though, where no matter how much things were stacking up in favor of the Billikens in this one, uh, you just couldn't let yourself believe. Uh, I mean, that's that's exactly the way I felt throughout this. Like, every time we had a lead, I was like, it's not real. It's not real. Don't Don't get your hopes up. This is great. Let it go as long as possible. But it's not real. <laughs> I was this was this I was, was preparing myself. This was such a, a a good game to watch. Like I tweeted out, like this is the game. Th- this game is so entertaining. I for- I've been forgetting to tweet about it. Yeah, like where We're, you you're not even on your on your like uh, like I wasn't like sitting up like you know like this like locked in, but I'm just like this is great basketball, man. And this is exciting. And I'm clapping at the TV and yeah. I, I, it was just, it was so entertaining the entire game and, and it helps that we did win. Yes. Um, 
but yeah. I, you know, first win over Mizzou since the 2016, 17 season, that was a 72 61 win. Um, they needed a, a 36 point fourth quarter to, to make it happen. And, and they did. They went nine, 11, nine for 11 from the field and 16 for 20 from the free throw line. You, they, they needed to really be perfect in that quarter. Yeah. And they were uh, really just incredible for, for, um, I don't know. I mean, like, I like, look, I, I, I just told you, I did. It never felt like it was going to be real to me until we went up, uh, I think two or three possessions, right. With, with like 39 seconds to go. I can't remember if we went up five. I think we were up seven at that point. Like we had just gone up six or seven. And I was kind of like, oh my God, this is going to happen. Uh, they they know it, it, this team. We saw this a lot last year, right? In close games where like they get that belief in the fourth quarter and, and they're hard to stop. Yeah. And I think that that first quarter was, was kind of brutal. Uh, you looked at the score early on. Cause I was, I, I unfortunately showed up, uh, back home i i had only gotten back home uh after the first quarter so like looking at that score at first was like oh yeah uh oh uh oh i think it was like 16 to 7 at one point and i was yeah. like ah, it's just going to be one of those kind of like they're just outclassed yeah. like, all right it's an sec team here you know we're not there yet skill wise talent wise there's a gap whatever like i was that's what i was mentally preparing myself for but they never they never let Mizzou get away. No, they didn't. 22 points from Camry Clegg. I believe she was the player of the game. Yeah. Five of eight from the field, four, six from three, eight of eight from the line. And, and absolutely, she is electric. She was feeling it this game. She there, there are games where she's not hitting necessarily, and she can be kind of a little bit quieter. But man, when she's on, uh, she was really feeling it in this game. Four for six from three. And uh, I, I, you know, I didn't look at that stat until late. I, I wouldn't have been surprised if she had only missed like one or maybe even zero. I couldn't, I couldn't remember her missing. I didn't see the entire thing. I was going back and forth, you know, fixing dinner while I was watching this game and my kids were watching in the living room. And so like, I, uh, I, I missed a few things, but every time I was in there, she was just um, determined and she was not missing. So what a, what a day for her. Um, Gray is someone who I think intrigues uh, me and I think both of us. For sure. Really unique physical player. Um, but like, she's just a very, I don't know how to describe her, man. I mean, like, like she shoots free throws. Well, clearly she was 10 of 12 no. in this game. Doesn't shoot a lot of threes. She was 0 for one and then six of 11 overall from the field um for those 22 points but i i have a lot for whatever reason not having seen her play a lot i have a lot of confidence when she puts up a shot like she's just a like she just really squares and and shoots confidently and like she had one move over her shoulder like a nice spin move to kind of finish that i was just like she is a solid player she's got a big toolkit for a scorer and i i really like the the what she brings yeah, I don't know. She's just, yeah, like you said, very unique. Like, it seems to be a, a going um, kind of uh, run in, in uh, you know, slew women athletics right now where we have just these unique ballers that get out and, and do things a little different but but get the results. 
Yeah, and tough, tough. Yes. I mean, like she just clearly has a tough streak. Yes, absolutely. Um, Peyton Kennedy had 21 points on nine of 12 shooting, three of four from three, did not get to the line. McMakin, 15 points, five of 16, one of four and four of four. Martinez, five points, four rebounds, 11 assists. She was, again, uh, steadily outstanding in this one. Yeah, she was, but uh, she didn't really play down that stretch um, in the fourth quarter. The uh, the plus minus numbers are really crazy here because of the, you know, the lineup till it went with at the end. Um, Shavers is the only starter who actually had a positive number uh, mm. at plus three. Simon led the team at plus 22 and Clegg was plus 15. Both of them came off the bench. So those two were in down the stretch with Gray, McMakin and Kennedy. And interestingly enough, you know, um, Martinez was on the bench. So uh, it was kind of one of those things where, you know, coming back and forth, I was like, Martinez, did she foul out? Did something happen? But it was kind of like, I think Tillett just saw what this lineup was doing at the time. They matched up well. Uh, Clegg was clearly feeling it. He didn't want to pull her out. So she just ran with it and it really worked. So um, credit to her for, for really just letting them play in the flow of the game and, and close this one out. Uh, the Billikens only shot 15 three-pointers in this one, uh, but made eight of them. Uh, Mizzou, however, went 12 of 29. Uh, they forced uh, Mizzou into 19 turnovers and only committed 15. Uh, I think, what do you think about the free throw disparity in this one? I I thought there were some that Slew got away with, but really I thought it was fair. Yeah, I didn't see anything egregious. It's just like when you outshoot a team 28 to 7, or uh, sorry, they had 28 attempts to Mizzou's seven attempts from the free throw line. You know that's something that Mizzou is going to point at, but like a lot of that was Mizzou fouled them longer probably than they needed to down, you know, in the at the end of the fourth quarter when they were trying to even it out. So that was like at least 10 or 12 of the difference right there. Um, and then, yeah, otherwise, you know, Mizzou played a lot of zone, but um, really in the first and second quarters, I thought they were a little reckless with their their closeouts and some of their their challenges at the rim. Um, so overall, no, I kind of it, it felt right. But it's just like when you see it on paper, it looks uh, it looks a little uh, <laughs> kind of an unfair disparity. But um, I, I don't think we've ever really seen, you know, slew get home cooking over a power conference team. One of the, one thing we talked about is replacing Brooke Flowers, and it seems like it's become a platoon of Shavers and Simon. Yeah, you said uh, you've you've quoted Moneyball before, like replace replacing in the aggregate. Right? I love like, that. Uh, I love that phrase. I don't care if it was actually in the book or not. That phrase rocks. So I'm doing like a Michael Scott where I'm quoting you, quoting Billy Bean, or like quoting Brad Pitt as Billy Bean in the movie based on the book. So there's a few layers, uh, you know, removed. It's like a parfait. In the in the game of telephone on this quote. But it, it, we have kind of taken that approach to replacing Brooke Flowers because you've got, you've got Shavers, you've got Simon. They're both playing that that five position and in kind of a platoon, like you said, they haven't quite figured it out yet, uh, but they, they both play hard. I like what they bring physically. There's no question that this plus the fact that we've added gray um, has really given slew more depth than last season. Like, like this team didn't go super deep last year, but, but right now you're like, they they can easily play a rotation of nine or 10. 
and uh and and really compete so I, I i do like the depth that they're bringing but i i would like to see shavers and simon at least be you know more of an offensive uh i i want to see them their offense develop a little bit i think they can rebound but um anyway so it's not the most efficient way to replace flowers but i i think it gives us some depth and and to just kind of highlight that you know with clegg and with um Gray going off today. Slew's bench outscored Mizzou 46 to 16. So that's I think that's pretty telling. I, I think it was nice of you to highlight the the where we were at in the notes because you could see my my brain just completely thinking about the next thing that I was gonna do and couldn't remember where the hell you were at. <laughs> uh, uh anything to help. No, this was this was an evenly matched game. Like I said, it was a it was a fantastic uh game mm-hmm. to watch. Uh, 50% from the field, both teams defensive and de- the rebounding was the same Eleven ties, 10 lead changes. I, I mean, there's nothing you could have wanted more if you were a neutral observer, by the way, it, I was really happy to see, uh, on the, the broadcast, it felt like, you know, slew was the home team. Like I would, you know, yes. you get a little yes. nervous, uh, but it, it's very nice to see that happened because it could it it could have not happened easily this is also a game where i'm glad we had a pretty decent crowd i was you know i selfishly hoped it was going to be a little bit bigger yes um it was at least one bigger at least one person bigger i screwed up but, but still like it was it was a pretty decent crowd and i gotta think everybody coming out of there today is like this slew women's team is something to see this year, right? Yeah. Like they, they, if you're not, if you, if you haven't been down to watch them play yet, um, if you're not on this team yet, like, like, like get on the train now, right? Like say, <laughs> say, don't you do it. Don't do it. Don't give me John Rothstein. I'm not going to, I'm not, I, I would you, never. under penalty of having to pay. Uh, I would, never. we'll get demonetized. We'll get, uh, we'll get copyright striked. Well, yeah. For saying, if we say it, I'm not going to quote John Rothstein. I cannot stand the guy, but uh, I'm I'm just saying like, like get, get on this team now, like go see them play. They're a blast. Um, I think that's going to continue on all season long and they have a really good game coming up next Zach. Yeah. Missouri state uh, uh, Valley powerhouse, Missouri state and at times national uh, Wednesday, the 15th. And then they had to Oahu Hawaii for the North shore showcase with Chaminade, Wake Forest, and BYU. They will play all three teams. Uh, this was this this was a sweet, sweet win for the Billikens over Mizzou. And you know what else is sweet? Getting, I, I, getting I, I, I a mean, new in a new shipment of two men in a garden. <laughs> I guess you're right, Zach. Uh, sweet if you choose the the uh, the fruited salsas, right? Like yes. if you go with that mango, if you go with the strawberry, you go with the peach. Uh, I, the mango is the most recent one of those I got and it's great. Uh, but I, I just opened my last jar from my last order today. and it's gone <laughs> and it, it didn't it, make it to the, did it make it to recording? I was disciplined. I, nice. I, I showed discipline. I still have some left, but it was my sign to order some more. So I did what I said I was going to do. I ordered that Sriracha Granada, that green chili sauce. I'm going to report back on that for sure. I ordered two of the medium cantina. I ordered one more hot and then I ordered two dill pickles. So 
I didn't do six different things like I've been doing lately. I kind of zeroed in on some of the ones that are my favorites. And one of the things that I wanted to try, we'll definitely report back on that. And I just wanted to remind everybody, I used Julia at checkout and I got free shipping. So that is a great, great deal. And I think you should get on the today at twomenandagarden.com. I love that our ad read is for another person's code. That's <laughs> like, you know, we're for the people, guys. We're for the people. We are. Um, Pete, I cannot believe it's it's been an hour and a half, and we are just now getting to probably the biggest game of the week in Billiken Athletics. Yeah, there was definitely an argument that to be made to have this this game up top because this not yeah, you're right. The biggest game of the week, the most important game of the week and uh the most exciting outcome in my opinion of the week as well. Yes, 2 nothing win versus Indiana in the NCAA tournament first round at Herman Stadium on Friday. The night that was a bit nippy out there, Pete. Uh but I made it through. I was I, I was woefully underdressed per usual. Um but yeah, dude, it was a it was a great game. Um by the way, I'm gonna shout out the ops, the game day ops team. Uh they they had people walk up and down aisles and give out programs like it was church. And it was like that was a very nice touch. I will give them credit for that. That's great. That's that great. The, the crowd looked good on TV. I mean, unfortunately, we on the broadcast, you always see the, the other bleachers, right? So you never really get a sense of what the the main grandstand crowd is like. But you could tell over there and you could kind of hear like it was a bigger crowd than usual. It was great um, for, for a cold game, too. Luckily, not as cold as the Memphis game last year, uh, it, it seems. But uh, but nonetheless, a lot of parkas on out there. Zach. Once again, like when we got the draw to go to like to table set this game a little bit, once again, it was just like, you got to be kidding. Like this team never gets a favorable draw. And I tournament. feel like this is groundhog day every year. You're just like, like you're like, really, they're going to get Notre Dame this year, really Memphis in the first round. And now it's exactly what we said, right? Like I, before the, the, the selection show, I said, they're going to get a 30 something RPI team. And sure enough, slew RPI of 15 somehow was a six seed and they host somehow the 38th ranked team in the RPI, which is Indiana. It just every year bank on it. They're going to get a brutal first or second round draw. It just, it's just the way it goes with this team. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's the district, you know, the disrespect of being a smaller school. Uh, it comes with the territory, uh, but to tell to tell you the truth, Pete, like this was the first. Um, uh, this felt like the first NCAA tournament game for the Billikens where they were in control on some level, wire to wire. I really, really like the game that they played in this game. Yeah, it, it, control is a good way to put it. I, I mean, like we said in the last game, Emily Percelli is in absolute control of a game from the goalkeeper position. Yeah. And Chris Allen said it in our, in our mini episode last week, like she doesn't have a lot of highlight real saves. Number one, because the back line is so good. And number two, because she's 
always in the best position, right? So like how many times have we seen in the last few games, every save she makes is her just collecting a ball coming right to her. Like she, she doesn't have to move to her left or right. Um, a couple times she's had to move laterally a little bit, like uh, you know, even, up a little bit, but even, even the ones in the right, in the upper 90 are, she's like, just kind of like, she's not even diving for the ones like she's not diving. It, it's, it's, she's like, she does the opposite of Jim Edmonds, right? Like when Jim Edmonds was in center field, he used to say like, get a late jump on the ball because it's going to make the catch look a lot sweeter. You know, like he was kind of flashy out there. And she's the opposite. She's like, no, 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 no. Be right in position from the from the start. Um, so I think that's she's lazy, the... is what she is. <laughs> she just doesn't move. She just stays. Oh, at home. Sorry, sorry, uh, Emily Bercelli's dad. He's gonna he's gonna <laughs> kill me for that one. Does he listen? He's gonna roast us online for that one. That's fine. That's yeah. fine. No, I mean we're we're it's admiration society for for her right now. I mean, yes. like just she's just in absolute control of the game. And I gotta say, like that's so when you say we were in control of this one wire to wire. It felt like it was all coming from the back line. Our back line was awesome. In yeah. This game. Awesome. And they, and I think, you know, Chris Allen said it on the show, like they're going to have to be on top of uh, what was her name? Um, I don't know. Paige Weber, Paige Weber. Yeah. Yeah. Like, something, something weird like Paige Weber. I don't know. <laughs> Sounds right. Yeah. No, I mean, they, they shut her down. Like, like she did have a couple a couple times where she drew fouls and got them um, some pretty deep free kicks that were, you know, throw. there was one that she, she was taken down like right before the line. Like they showed the replay. It was a great replay. She was not taken down inside the box to be very clear, taken down before she entered the box, but she, you could see where she can kind of be that player who makes things happen who, and, and she, she drew some fouls, but she never really got loose sack and, and never really in a way, um, that, that truly threatened. And so we never got one of those kind of heart stopping moments, um, with, with, you know, with the ball going to Percelli. I mean, like they were I, just ready for, her. I will say it was a bit of a heart stopping moment, uh, in the 11th minute when, uh, Abby Miller was taken down in the box and I was a little concerned they weren't going to call it. Well, it was Larson, Hannah Larson. Oh, sorry. Uh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Hannah Larson. It, yeah, I mean, I was a little worried about it because it wasn't like uh, it wasn't like a stray boot, right? That she just like was clearly tripped out of position. Like she made a cut, but she cut mm -hmm. like tight, like right in on a defender, right? So it's yeah. it's not necessarily like. It's and it was a, it was an oh it was a defender that was bigger than her too. So when they made yes. contact, it it was gonna stop her. That's right. Yeah. And so she went down and, and I think, you know, and I try to re reframe it as like, look, I think if that's in the open field, I think that's going to get called as a foul every time. Um, yes. It, it's a tough one. If you're that defender, if you're Indiana, it's a tough one because the defender held her position, right? Like she didn't, she didn't do anything like careless. She just kind of had her leg out a little bit too far and, and Larson took advantage of it. Um, and, uh, and once again, I mean, like, how many games in a row now she's been sacrificing her body for the good of the team and hitting the the grass quite a bit. Uh, a little nervous. Uh, you know, it's always nervous when someone steps up to the spot, but uh, Abby Miller uh, put it away. Um, that was a perfect, yes. perfect PK. Yes. And, and well, well played by the goalie, but just didn't, you know, didn't yeah. get there in time. 30th minute Anna Lawler 
uh, late arriving Anna Lawler, to quote Bill McDermott on the broadcast. Uh, header off a Larson corner. Uh, Slew had a few players well-placed on this one, and, and Indiana had a line of seven players defending, bookended by two Billiken players. Um, yeah, Lawler made that, that great late-arriving run, Pete. She just, um, it's one of those, like, we got that great replay from the from the sideline that the, the they had the three and four indiana was set up three and four and then when the ball came was delivered they merged right and so there were just it was like a straight line of seven uh it's like single file from this you know sideline and lawler was not in frame when the ball was initially hooked in and then you just see her come out of the right she's right in the middle so she's basically between the third and fourth of those seven indiana defenders and that's and she timed it perfectly and it's like she knew exactly where it was going to be so mcdermott can say she was late arriving no that was late arriving meaning part of that yeah yeah yeah. that's the timing it it makes her sound like she uh you know scrambled at the last minute but she knew exactly what she was doing and man did she place that ball perfectly so i was standing right on the the goal line um and you could, the ball was lower than everyone else's head mm. that was jumping in the air. That's she right. Caught it below everyone else. And, uh, but you could just tell it was, it was a perfectly placed ball. And, uh, and it, I, you know, it's gorgeous. You really needed both, both replays too, right? Because the one from the one from the, the press box, you see that it was, the ball was lower, right? And, and, you will you actually that's where you actually see her make contact with it but on the other one on the one from the side where where you get the players in a straight line because they're you know perfectly perpendicular with the camera angle um you don't you you can't actually see her make contact with it because she's behind the other players who were either taller or jumping up and she you know crouches down gets her forehead into it and uh yeah just squared it perfectly uh that that's all they needed 2-0 win the shots were 17 for indiana 12 for slew shots on goal though were billiken seven indiana for a lot more quality out of mm-hmm. the billiken opportunities quarters were four to three billikens uh 11 fouls for the billikens 10 for indiana indiana had two yellow cards in the 81st and 82nd minute uh yeah uh, the quality of uh, uh, Indiana was good. They're they're an up and coming. They're 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 sh- they're slowly getting to, uh, you know, uh, closer to where the men's program is. I think they did a good job of taking Caroline Kelly out of the game for the most part. Really quiet, un- uncharacteristically quiet game from her. Gaby did a lot, and Gaby, you know, made her presence known. Um, but never in a way where she really got loose. Um, so, so I thought they, they did a really good job. Um, so, you know, slew just couldn't really be as aggressive as they normally are. Possession was harder to maintain. So you could really see like, this was a step up from what we've seen um, down the stretch in the a 10 for sure. You mentioned possession being harder to maintain, but uh, what I really liked in this game was the Billikens first touch in, in on, on difficult to handle passes or, balls that were just kind of stray like they just would like come right at one of our players and our player would collect it like you've seen many times and i think it's it's kind of more apparent in women's soccer where the 
ball kind of just it, it it doesn't get corralled and it just kind of goes back and forth. But the Billikens were able to corral in I guess we'll call them loose balls. But mm-hmm. uh, like on that on that first on that penalty kick, the foul, um, I believe it was Larson who took the ball way up high and still brought it down, uh, and then turned and went at at goal. Yeah. So like when you're when you're able to rein the ball in like that, like you you're not. It, it it just was something that I really noticed in this one, and I I thought they did a great job. The entire everybody top to bottom. I thought yeah. the team was fantastic. Excellent effort. I mean, I think what I texted you was it was it was great to see them like win in a different way, right? Like we've seen yeah. the way that they beat on uh, that they that they beat up some of the like um, you know the teams that are just not as good. Um, they have a very distinct plan in those games. And this was just, it called for a different game plan and they executed it brilliantly. I thought they were really disciplined and, and really good. Uh, you talked about Hannah Larson. Uh, I mean, the work rate for Hannah Larson is off the charts. She's been awesome lately. Just like, like I said, sacrificing her own health in the process, but she's been in, in, indispensable these past two games, winning balls, drawing fouls, just making all the little things happen. Uh, work rate is a good way to put it, Zach. She's she's put the team on her back. I mean, as, as I guess as much as any one individual player can, because they've all been great. Um, but I think she's just gone above and beyond. Oh man, uh, these numbers are ridiculous. Uh, mm-hmm. The shutout streak is now at eleven. Unbeaten streak at seventeen. Consecutive shutout minutes: one thousand and ten minutes and thirty-seven seconds. 15 shutouts on the season ties a school record. Percelli's shutout record is at 40. Miller's games played record is at 106. And since that tie, that 1-1 tie versus Dayton on the, on 9-24, the Billikens have outscored opponents 38 to nothing. It's been incredible to watch. I, I mean, like, I there aren't enough superlatives. There aren't enough great things you can say about this team. They're not, they're now at that point where like, they don't have, you know, I think there, there could have been a, you know, quote unquote narrative to, to worry about if they lost this first round game, right? Like, are they the team that's so great in the regular season and just can't hack it in the tournament? But like, you know, I, I, I don't think that's a, a, a fair narrative necessarily. And, and they showed in this game that they can, absolutely beat teams from power conferences and teams that are probably a little too good for them to be playing in a first round as a seeded team. But, um, you know, now is when the competition gets really harder, right? And when you're, when you're playing teams that have a better seed than you do, um, they, they did absolutely what they needed to in this, in this first round. And um, it's, it's just a relief not maybe not a relief, but it's it's just it's great to see that it's not a situation where they're just beating up on a conference that they've outshined, right? Like like they can they can play anybody and hang with anybody. Uh Pete, I wanna well let's first of all, next up for the Billikins will be Georgetown on Friday the 17th, uh in State College PA. And I believe that game is at uh 2 p.m. That game will be at 2 p.m. on Friday. Um, I am beside myself that they gave us 2 p.m. on a Friday. 
Uh, that is disrespectful. Uh, I don't know. No. Anyway, State College, PA, Penn State's the two seed, and the second and third round games are played at the top seed's home site. For each four-team pod, thoughts and prayers to UCLA for yeah. having to host a uh, four teams that aren't UCLA. Yeah. Uh, Georgetown advanced with a 2-1 overtime win over Old Dominion in what was kind of a bizarre game. Old Dominion led for a lot of that game, and uh, Georgetown equalized it in little 80th, 80 minutes-ish. Uh, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Um, but I wanted to, uh, Pete, I want to circle back to our interview with Chris Allen, man. That was, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, it really was. And I know, I know now if you haven't listened to it yet, if you're listening to this and haven't listened to that, it's tough to say, like, go back and listen to it because it's like a kind of a preview for the Indiana game. But at the same time, I mean, like, I think there's a lot enough else to take from that, um, to where you get inside kind of the mentality of this team and and of how they approach things. And um, he's just a, you know, he's just a great guy to talk to. So I still would encourage people to go back and give that a listen, even if, uh, even if the subject matter might not be quite evergreen. He confirmed my worst fears, Pete, that yeah. Hannah Sawyer is indeed a, a very nice person that just, and that just ruins the illusion. I know, I know. We really needed her to be that heel. I know. Uh, we, you know, she needs walkout music and everything. She, when she uh, comes stone up. cold. But she's got. She's got to have like a cape, you know. Yeah. Instead, oh, instead wait, of no like, cape. Oh, come on, what are we doing? Instead here? of the bib, instead of the bib, like a okay, subwares, yeah, yeah, you know, okay. like like just like All really right. up, turn yeah. to the crowd. And Does she need a like... guitar too? Jesus, what are you <laughs> turning into the honky I'm just, talk I'm, man? I'm, no, I'm giving are you her like into the honky talk man. Not at all. No, that's oh. that's not the heel I had in mind. That's the no, okay. not, nothing All like right. that. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Jesus. Yeah, she's she's you know like like look, we we wanted her to be that. Yeah. I change. I I hopefully she still can be on the field. Uh, yeah, the, yeah the, on the field by all means. The men's soccer team. Uh, our Pete just I can't deal with these guys right now. Well, this week there's really not a lot. Yeah, no, there's. Not. I mean, the, their Ooh. RPI is 35, which I think puts them pretty squarely on the bubble. Dayton was the team that came out of the A10, beating VCU in the um, two to one in the final on Sunday. And uh, I think actually VCU scored first, um, but, but, you know, we saw Dayton, they're a good team and the NCAA selection show, the tournament selection show is today. As you listen, Monday, the 13th, um, it'll be at noon St. Louis time. So I know a lot of people will have not listened to this by the time it happened, but uh, I don't know, Zach, any thoughts here? They're, they're really, because it's soccer and not basketball, you don't get all the pundits writing about, um who's in yeah who's in who's out what where's what's the bubble look like i don't really have a whole lot of insights there i don't either i i i I think they will be thrilled to get in i don't know if they've done enough um volleyball pete let's run this down real quick all respect to coach Beatty and her pink blazer but uh i'm tired tonight yeah, they needed two wins this weekend, Zach, and they got them. Um, three two over George Washington. I mean, like, look, they needed they needed two wins. They they were closer than they had to be. I would have liked to see one of these be a three one or three uh, three zero sweep. But yes, one. Friday the tenth, they won three to two, and the same on Saturday. Um, the first one twenty five twenty one twenty twenty five twenty five twenty seven. Then they won the fourth twenty five twenty, and the fifth fifteen eight. They got into an eight point hole 
in the middle of the second set after winning the first. Um, the third one was really close and went GW's way, but um, Slude got down to brass tacks in the in the final two. Emily Hankin with 18 kills. Delaney Rice had 17. Addie Lyon, 42 assists. Carly Rogers, 25 digs. Uh, GW actually had the edge in most statistical categories, but slew led hitting percentage 264 to 190, and it mattered. Um, three to two over George Washington again on Saturday the 11th. It was senior day. So Emily Hankin, Jillian Mattingly, Abby Lynn, Demetra Cesarli, Carly Rogers, Delaney Rice, and CeCe Fitz were honored prior to the match. That's a lot to replace, Zach. Wow. Um, 25 23. <laughs> just noticing that too. I mean, that's a that's the whole team's gonna be very different next year. Yes. 25 23, 22 25, 22 25, 25 21, 15 12. So it was the same sort of pattern as the day before. Uh, not really characterized by long runs. These were all really close games throughout, and uh, luckily, Slew got three of them. Uh, Kayla Richardson had a career high 18 kills, Trinity Luckett had seven blocks. Kate Opperly had 27 assists and Addie Lyon had 26. And then Carly Rogers had 17 digs. Zach, the two wins mean that they are in the A-10 tournament. Yep, they will take on, uh, excuse me, Davidson on uh, Friday the 17th at 1 p.m. Uh, Near St. Louis time. Yep. Um. And Davidson is hosting yeah, too. I don't by know. The way. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to. I I know that they can beat Davidson. Um, I don't think anybody's beating Dayton this year. Well, that's the issue, right? I mean, Dayton's on their side of the bracket, so yeah. I think Davidson, even though they are the home team, they're a better draw than if we were to get the six seed and have to play VCU. Uh, but yeah, then you're just rewarded with uh with a Dayton team that hasn't lost in a few months. Yeah, Dayton's at one seed, as you mentioned. Four seed Davidson takes on uh, the Billikens. Uh, three seed VCU takes on six seeded Fordham. And the winner of that will get Loyola Chicago. As you mentioned, this they will be in North Carolina uh, this coming weekend. I, I, I mean, I don't know. I got no expectations. No, I mean, you'd like to see him upset davidson yes um, that, that yes. one could be close i think they they played them actually pretty well when they were out there a couple weeks ago but um but yeah you know it's it's a tough it's it's a tough draw um i didn't see davidson no stepping up this year honestly they've they've been yeah. kind of bad uh since they joined mm -hmm. um pete cross country uh, the men finished uh, 13th in the region at the Midwest Regionals on Friday, November 10th in Stillwater, Oklahoma. They were just three points shy of the program re record of 12th. And the women, I guess, did not. We don't know. No, the no uh, we didn't get any word from SLU. Um, John Bell didn't post it on his Twitter. I guess they didn't, you know. Qualify. Play, yeah, uh, place in any way that would have uh, registered. So. Uh, we will update that if we're wrong there. Um, swimming and diving Phoenix Fall Classic at the University of Chicago on 17th to the 19th. Uh, we don't have any results yet on this one, but uh, we're going to get back to you on that. Uh, they're off until January 19th when they host Omaha. Yeah, long winter break. Um, I, I even dug a little bit for the Phoenix Fall Classic, and unfortunately they just have not posted um, the results online yet, so. That's the uh, fact of the matter. 
give us some signings on in, on this the softball uh, and field hockey side, and we love one of these names. We we really do. Uh, yeah, softball and field hockey will finish with their signing days. Uh, they both signed three apiece. Softball, Addy Dutlinger, um, who's a catcher slash outfielder from LaSalle, Peru High School in Oglesby, Illinois. Um, and then Kate Prophet, who is a pitcher, catcher, and outfielder from Pacific, Missouri. She goes to Eureka High School. Um, and then the third one, Zach, is a name that I stared at for a good minute before I figured out what was going on. Scout Gallagher, <laughs> not a club soccer team from the St. Louis area. No. But a catcher, shortstop, outfielder, uh, jack of all trades from West Chicago High School in West Chicago, Illinois. Uh, that was that I, I it took me a long time, but Scout Gallagher is a terrific softball name. I was like, what's happening here? Scout Gallagher softball? No, this is all what's going on here. Well, this, I was like, who messed not, up this graphic? This is not registering. <laughs> yeah. I can't, my brain can't handle this. Right. And then and then field hockey signed three as well. Ella Etherington is a midfielder from MICDS in St. Louis. Uh, Bryn Newborn, a forward from Hazleton Area High School in Drums, Pennsylvania. Drums, never heard of the town of Drums. Um, and then Abby Shallow is a goalkeeper from Corona Del Mar High School in Corona Del Mar, California. Well, it was a, it was a decent week, Pete. I I enjoyed myself for most of it. Yeah, I mean that this is this was kind of the perfect storm this week, right? Because you've got you've got the fall sport playoffs, and and then you've got uh, you've got basketball starting up, and we had five basketball games, so it was it was a lot, man. It was a lot. Well, that that'll do it for us, uh, as always, Pete. Oh, wait, no, follow us on social media uh, yes, at Midtown do. Mad Pod at at Zach Miller MMP at Peter is a tweeter. Uh, like us on or uh, subscribe to us on YouTube. Uh, subscribe to us on all the platforms. Uh, as always, Pete, go Bills. Go Bills.